最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能是为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏链接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。A House of Representatives Special Committee has approved a report on Taiwan, proposing ten policy recommendations to deter war in the Strait. These include expediting military sales to Taiwan, expanding joint military training, and forming a U.S.-Taiwan combined planning group. The recommendations are the result of a congressional war game conducted last month. Congressman Mike Gallagher said the simulation showed the grim consequences of failed deterrence. The policy recommendations also addressed China's cybersecurity attacks, urging Washington to help Taiwan strengthen its own cybersecurity. Formosa Petrochemical has posted less than expected first quarter earnings, and its warning of even more worse results in quarter two. At its Thursday shareholders meeting, the refiner reported pre-tax profit of 5.3 billion NT, which the chairman called it unsatisfactory. The firm said the global oil prices have not bounced back as expected. As a result, quarter two profits will be even worse than quarter one, and oil prices may only return to 80 U.S. a barrel toward the end of the year. Our first quarter pre-tax profit was 5.3 billion NT, which we don't find satisfactory. The four major subsidiaries of Formosa Plastics Groups will all hold their shareholders meetings in late May. Leading the way was Formosa Petrochemical, with a Thursday conference convened by Chairman Chen Baolang. Although the firm staged a turnaround in the first quarter to make more than 4.43 billion NT in profit, the chairman said he was unsatisfied with overall performance. He said that due to international factors, the recovery in oil prices was not meeting expectations, and so profits in the second quarter would not be better than the first. Many changes are taking place around the world, and none are under my control. So we will post losses in May. It will be unlike January, February, and March when we made profits. Profits all three months. Q2 will not be better than Q1. In the first half of 2022, Formosa Petrochemical's exports grew amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine and a greater imbalance in supply and demand for oil products. But in the second half of the year, inflation, lockdowns in China, and economic stagnation delivered losses. Over the entire year, Formosa Petrochemical posted consolidated revenue of 848 billion NT, up 36.8 percent from 2021. Earnings per share stood at 1.51 NT. At Thursday's conference, the company announced. A dividend per share of 1.1 NT, a stark difference from last year's 3.8 NT. This year, the impact from inflation and the Russia-Ukraine war remains. We have to stay especially cautious. As for the outlook this year, Chen reiterated that demand for petrochemical products had not recovered as expected. In addition, profit margins were falling for previously better-performing products like diesel and aviation fuel. He said that the company would be flexible in its operations while working to strengthen its fundamentals and competitiveness. 
Chip-making giant NVIDIA is riding high on the wave of artificial intelligence. The chipmaker posted better-than-expected first-quarter earnings on Wednesday, sending its stock price surging 24% in after-hours trade. Over the past year, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang has seen his company's stock value doubled. The Taiwanese-American's net worth now stands at 841 billion NT, making him number 47 in the latest Bloomberg Billionaires Index. Next Monday, he'll give a keynote at the Computex trade show in Taipei. Computing advance has gone to light speed. The warp drive engine is accelerated computing. And the energy source is AI. This AI revolution led by NVIDIA for technology stocks, particularly at a time when mobile phones and consumer electronics are in a slump, AI could become a very important driver. Actually, I think that Jensen Huang has a very far-reaching vision, and he's adjusted his strategies extremely quickly. Huang was born in Tainan and immigrated to the U.S. at age nine. He's a graduate of Stanford University and founded NVIDIA in 1993. The company started with dedicated graphics cards. It has since seized opportunities in the metaverse and AI, taking its market cap to 755 billion U.S. dollars. NVIDIA is the most valuable semiconductor manufacturer in the U.S. and the fifth largest publicly traded company worldwide. Taiwan's very own Rakuten girls have debuted in America. The cheer squad of the Rakuten monkeys traveled across the pond to join the MLB's Taiwan Day events. They put on their first performance on Wednesday at the Angel Stadium in California. They were warmly welcomed by fans, and they even got the chance to meet baseball star Shohei Otani. Shaking their pom-poms and moving to the beat are the Rakuten girls, who are on tour in the U.S. to join Taiwan Day events. Their first stop was the home of the Los Angeles Angels, where they had a warm welcome from spectators. The cheerleaders greet their energetic fans. They wore special commemorative jerseys emblazoned with the words Taiwan Day 2023, serving as ambassadors of Taiwanese baseball culture. Very nice. The cheer squad says that despite the nerves, performing abroad is an exciting experience. Before showtime, lots of practice is a must. A highlight for the squad was meeting baseball star Shohei Otani. From the photo ops, it was clear the girls were just a bit starstruck. Cheerleader Mizuki Lin says that despite his towering stature, Otani was warm and affable. And the Rakuten girls' cheer magic seemed to work wonders. Otani scored a home run, leading the Angels to victory 7-3. A mother brings her child up close for a sniff. It seems to pass a test. These Taiwanese tea leaves have traveled halfway around the world to Venice to bring Taiwan's tea culture to Italy. 
Architect Fang Xinqiao was invited by the European Council Centre to bring the circular tea room to the 2023 Venice Biennale of Architecture. The building is made entirely of recycled materials. On the roof, a symbolic representation of Taiwan's Great Mountain Range and a sketch of Taiwan's forests made of Taiwanese timber. We used so-called PET bottles recycled into fabric. In the center is Taiwanese timber from the Forestry Bureau Sustainable Plantations, a Japanese cedar. The floorboards are made of tea leaf waste in a collaboration with the Tea Research and Extension Station. The semi-open space in the park offers various activities, letting visitors make design experiments in sight, sound, smell, touch and taste, and introducing Taiwanese tea culture. The simple gesture of pouring hot water over leaves has been worked into this performance by an artist. All the visitors, from Italian and German people to the Japanese Biennale organizers who we invited, have all been very surprised. They want us to create more events to introduce Italy to Taiwan. The whole project conveys a message of symbiosis with nature, attempting to make sustainable living not just a slogan. It's also an avenue for Formosa's unique tea traditions to find new enthusiasts from around the world. It's now been more than a year since Russia forces first rolled into Ukraine. To provide much-needed medical aid, a team from Taiwan's Makai Memorial Hospital went to Ukraine in April. President Tsai Ing-wen received this medical team on Thursday and thanked them for their contributions to the global community. Your spirit and your contributions are truly admirable. I know that at your medical clinic you would hear air raid alarms, and yet with no regard to the flames of war, you would continue to treat the local people, continue your surgeries and your educational outreach. Your contributions have not only moved us, they have made us proud. I want to express my deepest gratitude and respect to each of you. Taiwan is willing and able to make more contributions to the international community. Your contributions to Ukraine serve as the best example of that. I want to once again thank you all for using your actions to bring love to Ukraine, to show the world the compassionate strength of Taiwan. Tai shook hands with each member of the team. She said they embodied the spirit of service of the hospital's namesake, George Mackay. Tsai emphasized that the Russia-Ukraine war was not over yet and that Taiwan's government would continue to help Ukraine with humanitarian relief and reconstruction. Turning now to the election, presidential candidate Ke Wenzhe met up with former President Chen Shui-bian in Tainan on Wednesday. The former president posted a photo of the two together saying they spoke about Taiwan's economy and wealth gap. The visit is seen as Ke's latest effort to court deep green supporters. But a DPP lawmaker says that no matter his efforts, Ke will not be the choice of the nativist faction. Taiwan People's Party Chairman Ke Wenzhe campaigned in Tainan on Wednesday, touting his political achievements. He stopped by a temple before giving a university lecture. He also had a meeting with former President Chen Shui-bian. On social media, Chen shared a photo of himself shaking hands with Ke and wrote that Ke did not come seeking campaign support. Instead, Chen said, Ke visited in his capacity as the first convener of Chen's medical team. Ke also sought advice on how to strengthen the economy and close the wealth gap.
Ke considers Chen Shui-bian to be a political predecessor. With this predecessor, Ke, whether in his role as Taipei mayor or as presidential candidate, can engage in exchanges regarding political experiences and thoughts. Ke's office said the two met for roughly an hour and that Ke mainly consulted Chen about city and national governance, but the visit is seen as Ke's latest attempt to court the deep green camp. At his May 20th press conference announcing his candidacy, there were members of Chen's medical team in the audience, including a physician and the team's spokeswoman. Also present were former Taiwan Solidarity Union Chairman Su Jingqiang and former TSU legislator Xu Zhongxing. Political watchers say Ke is working to reconnect with his deep green roots to expand his voter base. A DPP lawmaker says it won't work. These past few years, Ko Wenzhe has pushed the line that the two sides of the strait are one family. Any partners with a nativist consciousness would be very aware of that. Ko Wenzhe's long-time stance on cross-strait affairs will not make him the choice of the nativist faction. As Ko continues his campaign, the Green Camp is urging supporters not to be misled. To raise awareness of animal conservation, a tourism group and a cultural foundation held a competition called Zookeeper Junior. Children were invited to submit videos, drawings, or other works that introduce endangered animals. More than 100 works were submitted over two months. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang meets the young winners and finds out more about their works. The Formosan blackbird lives in the mountains, forests, in the eastern two-thirds of Taiwan. Speaking fluent English, he gives a PowerPoint presentation about Formosan black bears. This is Guo Hantian, the first place winner in the English individual category. Guo hopes that his presentation can bring to light the crisis that Formosan black bears faces. I chose Formosan black bear for my topic is because that um, I think they were cute and the first thing the first animal in my mind when I heard the topic about endangered animals are Formosa black bears. I wanted to work with some of the non-government organizations and to let the Formosa black bear stay in Taiwan and don't go from endangered to extinct. There's also this brother and sister duo who play the role of a news anchor and reporter. The presentation was about the challenges faced by Taiwan's leopard cats. I previously participated in a news anchoring competition. I was in charge of speaking, and my brother was in charge of acting. We had a good time working with each other. To encourage animal conservation, a tourism group and cultural foundation held a competition inviting children to introduce endangered animals through a variety of mediums, such as videos, graphics, and drawings. Over two months, 100 works were submitted, putting the spotlight on Formosan black bears, leopard cats, rhinos, and other endangered animals. We saw that many works were very well done, but this time the works pertain to animal conservation, so the accuracy of the information was also very important. Organizers held an award ceremony to honor the young winners. It hopes that through the competition, it can raise public awareness about animals and biodiversity issues in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Ma Dengzhou in Taipei.
The humble onion is one of the most common vegetables, but in terms of nutrition, it's a superstar full of vitamin C and B and high in antioxidants. Doctors say it can help reduce inflammation, lower blood sugar, and even prevent dementia. But did you know that eating onions raw is the best way to make the most of their nutritional value? Cooking with a high temperature destroys lots of the goodness. We spoke to some experts to get the lowdown. The onion is chopped swiftly and bathed in ice water to remove the slime. Its mucous membrane drops off, so it tastes better and has higher nutritional value. The water is drained and quick boiled seafood is added along with a delicious sauce. A simple and nutritious onion-based dish is served. This little vegetable is not to be overlooked nutritionally. It's full of vitamins C and B and potassium ions. Onions contain excellent antioxidants, which can inhibit free radicals. So it's useful for everything from preventing cancer to fighting germs, reducing cholesterol, lowering blood lipids, preventing heart disease, and controlling blood sugar levels. The anthocyanidins they contain and the quercetins and phytochemicals are so good for you because they have excellent antioxidant properties. It's not just preventing dementia. Actually, it's extremely effective for all kinds of degenerative conditions, including degeneration of the cardiovascular system and the digestive tract and various movement functions. Onions have a distinctive taste, however they're prepared. But doctors say they're even better for you if you can stomach them raw. The piquant flavor is a stimulant for our brain, and it can make our cranial nerves maintain a lively state. We don't want to cook our onions with too high a heat, like frying or stir-frying on a hot flame. We want to reduce that so that we can get a higher proportion of the flavonoids. High temperatures destroy the nutritional value of onions, but it's also easy to eat too many raw onions and give yourself diarrhea. So if you're enjoying an onion salad, just take a little at first until you get used to it. The second typhoon of the season, Mawar, intensified into a severe typhoon Thursday morning after churning through Guam. The storm is still far from Taiwan, but forecasters say they are likely tracking the storm to predict its potential impact. The strongest impact from the storm will likely be felt next Monday to Wednesday. Typhoon Mawar is on the prowl, and even its periphery is intense, according to the Central Weather Bureau's director. The path of the storm will become clearer next week. It could veer toward Luzon Island, or it could veer into the open sea when it's a little closer or a little farther. There's a fairly large degree of divergence in the paths it could take. So whether it turns north next Monday or Tuesday will be most critical to our forecast. As of 2 p.m. on Thursday, the storm was located at 14.5 degrees north latitude and 142.8 degrees east longitude, moving west at a speed of 24 kilometers per hour. When it reaches the east coast of Luzon Island in the seas southeast of Taiwan, it may start to turn north. From next Monday to Wednesday, the impact on Taiwan is likely to be the most severe. As it moves toward the southeast side of Taiwan, it could start to turn north. As it approaches, in the period from next Monday to next Wednesday, the typhoon's peripheral effects will be felt mainly along the north coast including Jilong, the east coast, the Huntrim Peninsula and the greater Taipei area. 
most of this weekend won't be affected by the typhoon, forecasters say. But starting Sunday afternoon, the approach of the storm's periphery will drive in northeasterly winds, bringing rain to windward parts of Taiwan. The CWB says it may issue a sea warning next week. After it enters the Outer East Sea and moves northeast, we may issue a sea warning. For now, it appears that a typhoon warning won't be a concern until after next Monday. The CWB says it will continue tracking the storm and that it's still unclear where and how Mawar will make its northward turn.